Hi, I'm Andrew, and this is the Daily Keenon podcast about today's global crisis. The coronavirus pandemic is dramatically disrupting not only our own daily lives, but also society itself. This show features conversations with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers about the deeper economic, political, and technological consequences of the pandemic. It's the daily podcast trying to make long-term sense out of the chaos of today's global crisis. Hello, everybody. It is February the 16th, uh, 2021. I'm here alone today. I don't have anyone to interview, so I thought I would just talk to you directly. This will be something that I'm going to feature on the show uh, from time to time, because sometimes it's time to take a breath and think about a lot of the issues that we've been covering on this show. Uh, yesterday, I interviewed Sarah Horowitz, the, uh, the author of a book called Mutualism, about the future of labor and solidarity and, of course, democracy in the 21st century. It's an interesting book. And Sarah, who's not a shy lady, uh, has a rather strong critique, I think, of people who don't embrace the idea of work. Great children's books open up new worlds for discovery. With Literati Kids, your child can explore uncharted places every month with spellbinding stories handpicked by experts. Literati Kids is a try-before-you-buy subscription book club. Each month, Literati delivers five vibrantly illustrated children's books, bringing the immersive magic of reading right to your home. Literati's age-based book clubs ensure appropriate reads for your budding bookworm, whether they're snuggling with you for story time or letting their imagination roam free. Each book bundle is thoughtfully tailored by education experts with five stories meant to spark new interests and nurture a healthy curiosity. No more sorting through hundreds of titles trying to guess what your child will cherish. Literati sends you the best in children's literature. Choose to purchase the ones they love and send the rest back for free. From art and adventure to tales of compassion, each literati box follows a new enriching theme. With personalized extras like stickers, surprises and special guest artwork, each box is a fun and fresh adventure. Head to literati.com slash for 25% off your first two orders. Select your child's book club and start them on a literary journey like no other. Literati.com slash is the only place to find 25% off your first two orders of this one-of-a-kind book subscription, the most joyful way to foster a lifelong love of learning. That's literati.com slash keenon. It's interesting that over the show, 
in the last few months, we've had a lot of a lot of conversation about the future of work. And as I as you saw in that clip from my uh, interview, my conversation with Sarah, a lot of authors are nostalgic for a pre-industrial age. Um, I interviewed, uh, as as you saw in the clip, a guy called James Sussman, who is an anthropologist. He's written a book called Work. Its subtitle is A Deep History from the Stone Age to the Age of Robots. And Sussman, who is very smart, wonderful writer and a great interview, actually, is trying to do a, a Harari in suggesting uh, this kind of universal history of work, suggesting that we need to go back to our pre-industrial past, that we can learn about work from the tribes of Africa, the pre-industrial tribes of Africa. It's a kind of nostalgia, uh, I think, in Sussman for an ideal, a pre-industrial ideal of work. Uh, last week, I also interviewed uh, the journalist Sarah Jaffe, um, who has a new book out, Work Won't Love You Back. Uh, Jaffe is uh, very sympathetic to the Italian feminist Silva Federici, as you saw from that clip. Frederici seems to want to replace work with love. Frederici writes, we want to call love what is work so that eventually we might rediscover what is love. Um, this critique of industrial work uh, exists on many fronts. I don't think it's organized. And one of the nice things about doing this show is you have this meta view and you see themes that other people don't see. Uh, Roy Richard Grinker, the, uh, uh, the, the, the notable uh, psychologist, wrote a book uh, last month called Nobody's Normal, in which he sees the beginning of um, mental illness, contemporary mental illness, in our obsession with work. Uh, Brinker, he goes, uh, Grinker goes back to Weber's Protestant ethic and the spirit of capitalism, and suggests that as Weber observed, it was this internalization of work that essentially makes us crazy. Um, this theme of rejecting the idea of work, of wanting to replace it with something else, came out last week too with an author called Robert Ringham. Uh, you, saw, uh, you, you saw Sarah Horowitz's response to him. He's written a book called I'm Out for, for Ringham and for many others, I think, of his generation. Um, liberation lies in what he calls making an exit, making an exit from the workforce, liberating yourself from labor. So that is one side, I think, of a really interesting intellectual debate that's brewing on the left about work itself. We have this unholy alliance of people like uh, Ringer and, and, and Sussman and Jaffe, all critiquing work from different angles. On the other hand, we also have, I think, a progressive wing reminding us of the value, not just of work, but of the working class. We had Michael Lind on the show a few weeks ago, uh, talking about his new book, The New Class War, which was, I guess, in a sense, nostalgic for unions, for organizations of labor. Uh, for Lynn, the big problem is the managerial class, uh, the managerial class that came out of the Industrial Revolution, 
which he sees as corrupting uh, the left. Thomas Frank, I think, echoes what uh, Lind is saying. Uh, meanwhile, there are profound changes in the very structure of the workforce. The old proletariat, the Marxist idea of an industrial labor force, has been replaced by a precariat. Jessica Bruder, uh, her book Nomadland is about to be made into a movie. She writes wonderfully about this profound architectural shift in the nature of work. So on the one hand, we have people like Frank and Lind, I think, who want to somehow cobble back together uh, unions, labor organizations as the heart of the progressive movement. And there are many others who want to move beyond work. Um, here's, um, here is uh, Susman on the importance of work. She does I think that it's really important to work. I think Freud is right. It's work and love. I think that we are working way too much. I think we've had policies that have not made us feel secure. I don't think that we are planning for the massive changes coming about from automation. But make no mistake, like you need to work. I think people need to get up in the, you know, in the morning and put on their clothes and get some stuff done. I there you have it from Sarah Horowitz, a longtime union organizer, the granddaughter of one of America's most distinguished uh, unionists in the 20th century. Put on your clothes and get some work done. And I think Horowitz is right, actually. I think that we need to remind ourselves of the importance of work. It's all too easy to fall into the, the trap of seeing work as the foundations of mental anguish. It's all very well to be hostile, as so many authors are, to this new working class. I had uh, David Paul Kuhn on the show uh, a couple of months ago writing about the hard hat riot, this racist white working class rebellion in New York, which he sees as the origins of Trump and this new shift in the Republican Party. All that stuff may be true. There's no doubt about it. And there's no doubt that there is a, a, a very disturbing element of racism in, in the white working class. But I think that Horowitz and, and, and her team on, on the left are right in reminding ourselves of the importance of work. Let me go back. Uh, some of you will be familiar with the work of Edmund Fawcett. Uh, he wrote two wonderful books, Conservatism and Liberalism. He was on the show a few months ago talking about conservatism. Fawcett has this really profound quote about liberals and conservatives. He, he writes, well, politics, chess, liberals had white. They moved first. Conservatives had black. They countered liberalism's opening moves. In time, the initiative changed hands. Conservatives, who began as anti-moderns, came to master modernity. For the right was, in telling ways, the stronger contestant. Um, I think that Fawcett is right, and I think that Horowitz is right to remind progressives that, once again, in this eternal game of chess between progressives and conservatives, we on the left are actually in danger of losing. That doesn't mean that we're justifying Trump. That doesn't mean that we justify populism. But it is really important to make labor the heart, I think, of, uh, of a new progressive movement. Uh, Horowitz does it in her book. 
she does it in support for uh, new kinds of unions, uh, for example, Uber and Lyft drivers who are organ reorganizing themselves into rideshare drivers. Uh, she does it in terms of focusing, like many others, on the importance of Google employees unionizing. Uh, and unlike, I think, a lot of other people, a lot of other critics of Silicon Valley, Horowitz is not anti-tech. She doesn't see the problem in tech itself. Uh, I, I see a lot of uh, importance in, uh, in, in, in Horowitz's argument. Uh, in my uh, last book, How to Fix the Future, I focused on something which I called Moore's Law. This was Thomas More, not uh, the Intel More. Thomas More, who, uh, whose law I coined, was, uh, was, was, was based in the idea of human agency, which I think More developed in his great work, Utopia. Uh, I think that Horowitz is right in suggesting that the core problem of 21st century life is our loss of agency. And the best way to re rediscover agency is through labor and through work. Um, my old friend uh, Albert Wenger was on the show, uh, one of the first keen on shows on LitHub. Uh, he imagines a world after capital. Albert Wenger is a, uh, is a, is a partner at Union Square Ventures in, 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 uh, in New York. He's one of uh, the leading progressive venture capitalists in the world. He thinks a world after capital will essentially liberate us from, li from, from, from capital. I'm not so sure. I respect Albert's position, and I think his work is really important. But I don't think labor in AI or any kind of post-AI world is ever going to go away. So I think that Horowitz uh, is right in trying to imagine a new kind of organization, something she calls mutualism for the 21st century. It's really important that we do this, I think. We know the scenes already from, February, from January the 6th in Washington, D.C. These are scenes that turn most of our stomachs, but many of these people involved were working class figures. And this was, in some senses, the equivalent of the hard hat rebellion of the late 80s. Uh, I think it's for progressives not to shun these people. I don't think uh, we can accuse all of them of being racists. As Trump goes to war with the progressive, uh, as Trump goes to war with McConnell and the traditional side of the Republican Party, I, I think the ball is in the court of progressives, people like Sarah Horowitz, to figure out a way to revitalize, reimagine um, a, a progressive movement that doesn't depend on the managerial revolution, that goes back to the principles, the ideas of an old working class modernized for the 21st century. So that's my thoughts for today, uh, February the 16th. Go out, organize, uh, wear some hard hats, and I'll see you again tomorrow where the show will go back to its conventional form. Thank you again. You've been listening to Keynote, hosted by me, Andrew Key. Make sure to join us the rest of this season as we explore how to fix capitalism. Make sure to visit us at lithub.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
while you're at it. If you enjoyed what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would also help too. Today's episode was produced and edited by Justin Alvarez and the team at LitHub Radio. See you next week, and thanks so much for listening.